to EMIGCAST, your source for emergency medicine ideas, inspiration, and information for medical students. My name is Tristan Zimmerman, and I am a second-year medical student at Oregon Health and Science University in Portland, Oregon. For my very first episode with EMIGCAST, I sat down with Dr. Anthony Farajaro to get his take on emergency medicine in a rural setting. Uh, my name is Anthony Farajaro. I am uh, a board-certified emergency physician. Uh, have practiced for roughly over 20 years uh, since my residency. Um, I received my education um, mostly on the East Coast uh, at Penn State for medical school and then a fellowship at University of Colorado and then a residency at, uh, at University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. Um, I also have a degree uh, in a master's in health administration at the University of Washington could probably uh, talk about what I'm doing today because that changes, it's been changing over the last couple of months, but um, I have a, a very kind of uh, a broad background in emergency medicine. I came out of my residency and started practicing in an urban location in Portland, Oregon uh, at Emanuel, Legacy Emanuel, which is a level one trauma center. Um, I also uh, had an interest and background in rural emergency medicine as I grew up in a rural uh, uh, county and city, uh, town, uh, and uh, throughout my career I have practiced in rural settings as well. So I have worked uh, in rural Colorado, uh, rural Washington, uh, and rural Oregon. Uh, my most recent work uh, and probably the reason for this conversation uh, is uh, setting up uh, a program within the Department of Emergency Medicine at Oregon Health Science University um, for residents to explore rural clinical practice in emergency medicine. And we uh, were invited to uh, reorganize an emergency department at Columbia Memorial Hospital in Astoria, Oregon. Uh, and we did that in 2015 and have managed the department with faculty members from the Department of Emergency Medicine. And we have residents, second-year residents, coming out and practicing uh, uh, for a month-long elective out in the rural community. In a typical size rural emergency department, mm -hmm. what would be the average number of beds you have slash the number of patients you would see during a typical shift? So a typical rural emergency department is probably seven to eight beds in size. Um, it's small in, in its capacity. It probably sees 10 to 15,000 patients annually. It can be smaller than that, but that's largely what is regarded as a rural emergency department and a critical access hospital. And I can explain a critical access hospital. Um, hospitals, uh, certain small rural hospitals, um, struggled in the 1970s and 80s to, um, to provide for their community uh, based on the reimbursement structure that was uh, uh, present at that time. And the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare uh, decided to identify 
certain hospitals and change the reimbursement for them so that the hospitals in these rural areas would be able to maintain their presence, be open for the public and serve that community. Uh, the hospitals were not able to compete with larger hospitals in town, uh, be it reimbursement rates or patient services or even medical staff. And so this change in reimbursement um, identified these hospitals uh, in a particular way, uh, and we use the term critical access hospitals, and that's a phrase um, that's used in, in uh, Centers for Medicaid and Medicare, and they have a designation and therefore a different reimbursement structure. Um, there are in Oregon more than 10, I think less than 20 critical access hospitals, um, and largely they're very much the same size, which is the size of Columbia Memorial Hospital, which um, is where uh, we developed the program. And that uh, uh, hospital um, serves the community on the northwest coast of Oregon and Washington. So the size is roughly the same uh, for the emergency department at most of these places, um, seven to eight beds, um, sees 10 to 15,000 patients annually. So uh, what type of skills or procedures do you need to be able to perform on your own that you would maybe be able to refer out at a larger institution? Sure. Um, one, one of the kind of examples that I can share with uh, uh, the audience is that we're, we're all board certified emergency physicians out at Columbia Memorial Hospital. That means that we've had residency trained, uh, we've been residency trained and we have um, passed our boards or are board eligible and are about to pass our boards. And that means that we have the highest level of training for emergency medicine. Uh, that's actually in particular need in a rural setting because um, we really don't know what exactly is going to come into the emergency department and we don't have the resources, as is evident, um, to rely on other specialties and, and even other uh, uh, numbers of teams to help us care for patients. So I like to use the term, we're a, rural, we're a trauma team of one, uh, meaning we have usually one physician and probably two nurses and maybe a radiology tech and a lab tech to uh, manage a major trauma where we need to do multiple procedures, uh, perhaps even intubate the patient, and we have to think uh, about the sequence of events that we have to plan uh, and, and, and proceed with. Um, in the typical setting of a level one trauma center, um, we have teams of anesthesia and trauma teams and emergency medicine uh, physicians and staff and uh, we largely work in a, uh, a very kind of orchestrated uh, approach, um, but there are many tens of people who actually manage that trauma patient. So it, it, it means that we actually have to know how to do almost every uh, kind of procedure uh, that a trauma patient would need, uh, and we can't rely on other uh, teams to, uh, to do, the, do those procedures uh, kind of in a simultaneous fashion. 
is kind of in a similar vein. Sure. Uh, so what is the capacity that a typical rural ED has yeah. for labs or imaging, sure. and does this kind of limit your diagnostics or treatment plan that you're able to come up with? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question. Um, I can give uh, Columbia Memorial uh, Hospital as an example. We have uh, plain uh, imaging uh, for x-rays of the chest and of, of extremities. Um, we have CT scans that we can readily get, um, and uh, we can also uh, do ultrasound uh, pretty much 24 hours, uh, seven days a week. Um, we do have limitations in the access to MRI, uh, and so uh, oftentimes the MRI is available during the day, um, but uh, understand that each um, hospital may have different uh, kind of different levels of response. Um, what is remarkable in emergency medicine is we can do a huge amount of things and cover the vast majority of patients without requiring 24-hour-7 MRI. Um, and in fact, uh, give an example, we have uh, very impressive door uh, to treatment times for our stroke patients um, because we're small in size. Um, we're, we have taught the EMS teams to recognize stroke early, and we have the ability to rapidly get a CT scan with CT angio so we can see the vessels and the blockages. So we actually have a, a very um, rapid uh, kind of response for many conditions, uh, and we have the vast uh, amount of tools that we need for emergency medicine as well. Do you ever have trouble finding other institutions to accept patients that come to a rural ED that might need transfer to a larger institution? Sure, that's, that's a great question. Uh, two, two thoughts about that. Number one, um, most patients um, who come into a rural emergency department would, would prefer to stay in that hospital. And so oftentimes um, I find myself arguing that I have to tell the patient to go somewhere else because they're going to need that. And since they don't understand the medicine about it or the projection of disease or the disease process, it's my job to fully explain that to them. Uh, but more times than not, we actually have the question of why can't I be treated in that local community, uh, which is great because that's exactly um, the, the vision that we should have is to try and uh, reduce the cost on the patient and on the family, including travel, uh, to uh, a larger center where they need care. And so if we can be as efficient and accurate in our diagnoses in the emergency department to make sure that we're doing the right thing for the patient and getting them to the sources that give them the best chance of healing, then that's our ideal. Uh, interestingly, we also are mindful of the resources uh, uh, that the receiving hospital may have, and we're very cautious at um, sending patients to them that they can uh, actually um, uh, manage efficiently as well. Uh, a, a simple pneumonia could be handled in the rural hospital um, and would not need to be transferred, uh, but a uh, complex pneumonia with, let's say, an oncology patient that is under uh, chemotherapy 
um, that may need many levels of uh, uh, treatment and specialist care would be a patient that would need to be transferred to, uh, let's say, a larger facility. Um, we have the fortune out at Columbia Memorial to have the Portland uh, metro area and all the different hospital systems um, as uh, interested in our patients. Um, uh, obviously, we're on the faculty at OHSU, and OHSU uh, takes the vast majority of our patients, but uh, at times when OHSU has no beds, we will have to find another alternative. Uh, and uh, we really have never had uh, anyone question our transfer or uh, not have an interest in our patients. So a little bit conversely to that, do you ever find it frustrating as a rural emergency medicine provider to transfer patients that you might not have the resources or capacity to care for in your own emergency department? That, that's also a great question, and, and it comes to uh, two, two issues. The first is, is sometimes you have to use some clinical judgment and projection on what could go wrong. And that's a hard one to explain to a patient uh, because they may not be feeling the critical situation that their body is telling us as clinicians. Uh, so the, the challenge is, again, to explain that to the, to the patient. Um, what, what I have found, actually, in my, in my practice of rural uh, emergency medicine is m most of the hospitals in the rural setting and the critical access hospitals take care of a, a, an impressive amount of disease uh, that is going on in their community. And our uh, frequency of transfer is probably, I could quote you, between five and seven percent of all the patients. So um, we really, um, uh, we don't transfer that many, and many of those admissions are, are managed locally. Over 50 percent are probably managed locally. So moving on to a little bit outside of the workplace, what is your social life like working in a smaller community? Do you have more or less interactions with the patients that you see in the emergency department outside of the hospital? Well, that's a, that is a fantastic question, and that was one of the questions when we started this project out at Columbia Memorial Hospital uh, that we really didn't have an answer for. Uh, it, we currently have um, a team or a group of six physicians um, that manage the department out at Columbia Memorial. Three of those physicians actually live in Astoria and three uh, physicians uh, commute uh, out, out to Astoria. I can speak for, uh, somewhat for the three physicians in that they love the rural community. Um, they don't have to be in traffic. They uh, can uh, be two minutes away from the, their workplace and uh, don't have to commute for 30 and 40 minutes uh, from where they live. Um, the community um, is very supportive. Um, what I have heard from their comments is that they have privacy and yet they um, are, are well, well accepted in the community and the community recognizes them. I can tell you a funny story uh, about uh, taking care of a patient at Columbia Memorial 
in regards to being in the community is uh, I had taken care of a, a gentleman, a fisherman, um, who was having uh, a severe kidney stone pain, uh, renal colic, and uh, we took care of his pain, and uh, he, was, he was just in agony when I first saw him, and we, we gave him all the medication, diagnosed the kidney stone, and um, got him uh, settled and, uh, and stable, and then we discharged him. And probably a week, 10 days later, um, I was walking into the Safeway grocery store in Astoria, and uh, I heard from behind me, hey, doc, and, uh, and the same patient came up and he gave me this huge bear hug that almost took the wind out of me. But it was a, it was a fantastic thank you um, that, uh, that I appreciated tremendously. And uh, that was really, a, really a, a, a point that I'll remember in my practice for a while. So this is a little bit more big picture, kind of a broad question. Um, I'm wondering if you could compare and contrast a little bit what it's like working in a community center versus an academic institution, because I know you've done both. Yes, yes that's a, um, I'm probably a pretty good uh, person to compare and contrast since um, my career has been both in rural practice and in academics, um, as well as some urban practice. Um, I've worked in small emergency departments in the rural uh, setting of maybe 10,000 patients annually, and I've worked at institutions, uh, uh, emergency departments that see over 100,000 annually. So I have a pretty good perspective of this. One of the things that we're exploring actually at Columbia Memorial is how you can be a faculty member in the Department of Emergency Medicine at OHSU and work rurally. Um, what we have out in uh, Columbia Memorial is um, we have the residents out there. Um, we're teachers um, and we're attendings while the resident is practicing uh, with us um, side by side in, in the department. And yet we also work um, on our own at times um, when the resident is, is not staffing a, a shift. The value nowadays in working rurally is that you can maintain your connection uh, and we have video conferencing um, we have email and uh, meetings where we have a call-in capability and so we can stay continually in touch with colleagues uh, at OHSU at the main hospital on the hill um, and we can have interactions with a lot of different specialties and um, work on either uh, teaching projects or, or research projects. Um, uh, one of our docs uh, out in, uh, uh, at Columbia Memorial um, on faculty actually has a medical student project currently um, that she is working with and in regards to geriatric emergency medicine. So it, it can be done. Um, we're exploring that idea uh, that uh, rural emergency physicians may want to be involved as teachers and, and as uh, researchers. And I think uh, nowadays with technology, it's, it's certainly, uh, certainly a, a possibility. In regards to career-wise, I think um, we're also showing uh, out at Columbia Memorial that emergency physicians who just come out of residency 
um, who want to spend the first three to five years um, developing their clinical practice and their skills and refining how they manage patients and can uh, address flow within the emergency department. Um, and certainly those who want to make sure that their procedural ability, uh, be it intubations or central lines or chest tubes and things like that, um, are able to do such. Um, and what we found is, is that Columbia Memorial Hospital, um, the pathology uh, that comes in, rural critical access hospital, is uh, quite extensive to the point where those uh, physicians are getting all of the procedures that they would want to maintain and actually raise their skills. Um, and uh, that is something that probably hasn't been explored or discussed in the emergency medicine community. It is thought that um, you need a large facility and a high volume of patients in that facility to be able to, um, to see enough uh, pathology to practice your skills. Um, another way of looking at this is, is um, at every facility, every emergency department, when we create a shift, we're creating coverage. We set the coverage up to address the patients that come into, the numbers of patients that come into the emergency department. So even it works out that even an urban physician uh, and a rural physician will see the same number of patients over the year, which is between 2,000 and 2,500 throughout the 365 days uh, that you have. So whatever shifts you have during that day, that's largely the number of patients that everyone sees. There are shorter shifts in a higher volume urban setting, but each shift they probably see fewer patients versus in a rural setting there are longer shifts, but they probably see more patients over time. And it's all based on patients per hour as it's set up. So, so ultimately the rural emergency physician probably sees in their career the same number of patients as an urban uh, emergency physician and gets the same amount of exposure. That was a long answer, wasn't it? So it's a very broad question. <laughs> There's no short answer. To I, I that. took that route. <laughs> so, kind of to wrap up our conversation, do you have any advice, things we haven't talked about yet, for medical students that are interested in practicing rural medicine? Well, I think I think there's two things. One is you, if you're going, first of all, if you're going into emergency medicine, you have a bit of a a, a personality that likes some stress. And um, what I can share with you is, is that in rural emergency medicine, you're going to have that aspect. You're going to have challenging cases and you're gonna have a lot of success. And what I would say is, is the community reinforces your success even more than if you were in an urban setting. And, and the reason being is that you are a little bit more in a fishbowl uh, in the sense that the community, just like that fisherman, he knew who I was and he came into, when he was walking into the Safeway, he recognized who had taken care of him. So your successes will be apparent to the community even more than in an urban setting. And that is an amazingly fulfilling kind of experience. Um, 
another story about that is we, um, within the first year, um, I was fortunate to be on uh, service when a two-year-old was um, unfortunately run over by a delivery truck and the child came in by uh, ambulance um, and was clearly dying in front of us and we had the opportunity to access uh, the child with the uh, interosseous uh, line, initiate fluid and blood and intubate the child and get the child on a helicopter to OHSU where the child actually survived after some uh, significant injury. What was impressive about that is, is that the community learned of this event and it really in, enforced why we were out in the rural setting uh, as OHSU faculty members. And I think that that kind of thing just hugely uh, valuable in your career as you go on to practice medicine. And I think that uh, I would say that the rural practice allows us to get that kind of positive feedback uh, more directly and probably more often. I think, you know, from an advice standpoint, I think what I would say is look, look at your vision of practice and look at your vision of lifestyle. And there, those are two different kind of issues. Um, let me just take the second one, the lifestyle. If you um, have interests that only an urban situation will provide you, uh, then you probably will have to consider that or at least live peripherally so that you could access um, urban uh, kind of life. The rural setting has a huge amount of advantages as well and if you are interested in the outdoors or um, in different uh, kind of aspects of where you're at ge geographically then I think that that is something that you can can think about. What all three of the emergency physicians that live in Astoria chose that environment for many different reasons but largely based on um, their ability to live in a rural area and, and know the people that they lived next to and know them well and know the community. Um, they liked uh, the environment that they were going to live in, which is right next to the beach, but it's, um, it's just a beautiful area out there. I think they also saw that they could always access Portland. It's only an hour and a half drive and they could come into town for anything that they wanted in an urban setting as well. And those, that combination really worked for all three of them. Thank you so much for your time and your comments. It's really appreciated and I'm sure it'll be very helpful for our listeners. Well, thank you, Tristan. I appreciate the time to talk about this. Uh, it's certainly an exciting time to explore rural emergency medicine. Whether you grew up in a rural area and have dreams of returning one day, like me, or are simply curious about emergency medicine outside of an academic institution, I hope this episode gave you some insight on life as a rural emergency medicine physician. That's all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in and see you next time.